Praise God. And go to the book of Deuteronomy, fourth chapter. And while you're, you're turning there, I want to talk to you a bit more about seeking God. Because in the issues of today and what's going on, we need to learn how and when to seek God. But many times, there's basically three really important times that we need to remember to seek God. Because so often we seek God when we need something. We seek God when things aren't going so well in our lives. We often seek God when we want to know when a prayer is going to be answered. We're quick to run to the Lord and ask him about that. However, there are are really three times that we should focus on seeking God because the times, uh, these times are at the core of us staying on track, you know. So in other words, like I said, we we often seek God. We we often seek God when we're praying for something or if we need something or we want an answer specifically. But if we can get in the habit for these three times in particular uh, of seeking God, we will find that your lives will go a lot, a lot better. But in the meantime, what does the Bible say about seeking God? And that's why I told you to, to turn to the fourth chapter of Deuteronomy. And we will just go down to the 29th, starting with verse 29. Okay, and this is where where the Lord is giving some really good information here. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, verse 29. But if from there thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. And if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Okay, so again, it's just saying we need to seek God with all our heart and with all our soul. It's not just a a casual seeking God where we just pray occasionally or when we think about it. Seeking Him with all of your heart and with all your soul. Um, When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto His voice. Okay, when in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient to his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swore unto them. For ask now of the, ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee. Since the day that God created man upon the earth, and ask from the one side of heaven unto the other, whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing is, or hath been heard of it, like it, did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard and live, or has God ventured to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation, by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by an outstretched arm? And by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes, unto thee it was shown that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. That you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee. And upon earth he showed thee his great fire, that thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out of his sight with with, uh, his mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art to bring thee in to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart 
that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath it. There is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that it might go well with thee and with the children after thee, that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Okay? So I read a whole lot here without stopping, just simply to really illustrate one thing. If you can't get it deep in your mind that God, there is none other like him, there is none other before him, that all of these wondrous things that he has done and that he has promised us, God is God. All right? So if we cannot understand that we need to seek him, then when things start going awry in our lives, when those challenges, I don't care how minuscule those challenges might be, you have to get in the habit of seeking God. I really believe with all my spirit that what is happening in the world and what is happening in this country and, and the lies and the deceit and the out and out, just no care for humanity or lies or anything, just blatant evil that's out there, just blatant. And there are those that are in authority that seem to be wringing their hands and really do not know what to do. When we see everything that is right is being considered wrong, everything that is wrong is being considered right. When you have Christians, over 20,000 living, being forced to live on a mountaintop for fear that if they come down, they are threatened to be killed. This is real. And when you see them just climbing on these rocky mountains with no food or anything, and people are kind of wringing their hands, not really knowing what to do. We as children of God know what to do. But the thing is that many people that are in authority don't know what to do. We need to seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We need to seek our Lord God, Jehovah, because he is the only one that can deliver us and this planet out of what is going on to set us free from this evil. You see, so we have to get in the habit of seeking God and knowing how powerful God is and that he can indeed do, th do things. But I talked about three things in particular, because so many times we may spend so much time praying for the world, you know, and praying for someone else that we forget about some critical things that we need to pray about and seek God for. So these, these three things, the first one is when we have sinned, all right? We will trip up in sin. We are not perfect. There's sin of omission and there's sin of commission. Sin of omission is when you don't do something you know God is telling you to do, okay? That's being disobedient to God. A sin of commission is where you do something that God is telling you not to do in his word, okay? So if we, if we realize that we have sinned, the first thing we have to do is follow what the word of God says. Let's go to the second, second book of Chronicles. Okay, we have to seek God. Second book of Chronicles, chapter 7. Okay. See, and this is where the Lord is, is speaking here. Uh, Solomon had prayed here, and, uh, uh, and uh, Israel was going through some things. And this is where, how the Lord, the words and the instructions that God is speaking here. Um, 7, verse number 12, we'll start with. Chapter 7, verse number 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name 
shall humble themselves and pray. Please underline, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, underline and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay? So he's saying there that right away there's something that we must do if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. So many times the nation, or if we are doing something wrong and we're sinning, we don't humble ourselves and go before God and ask his forgiveness and seek his face. You see, you know, so many times we wonder why things are not going on right in our lives. You know, and sometimes you will find um, um, I, I don't believe I don't believe in luck because we Christians don't don't rely on luck. But you've heard people say, gee, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. You know, you know, because things are just continually going wrong, going wrong, going wrong. All right. So you find something like that is going on in your life where things just seem so insurmountable. The first thing you need to start asking yourself, Lord, am I doing something wrong? Okay, you need to you need to do a, a status check on on yourself on your spiritual life. Have I done anything, Lord, to offend you? Have I have I sinned? Have I sinned by not doing something that you've told me to do, or did I do something that I know I shouldn't be doing? All right, and you need to seek His face because you see, if you don't do that, then things get locked. The windows of heaven for you can get locked up. All right. It goes on and continues here in verse number fifteen. Now mine eyes. <clears throat> um, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now, I, now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if, underline if, and as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my ordinances, please line, and observe my statutes and ordinances, okay, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenanted it with uh, David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee um, a, a man to be ruler in Israel. But if you turn away, underline if, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods, please underline, shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, which I cast out of my, which will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among the nations. All right? So he's saying there, he says that, 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 that if you um, do this, then, I, you know, then I will, I will respond in like fashion. You see, so you cannot fool around and not keep God's commandments because there's a price to pay for that. You see, there's a, you know, God is not going to be doing everything that he says in the then if you're not doing what he's saying in the ifs. Amen. And this house which is high shall be an astonishment to everyone that passes by it so that he shall say, Why has the Lord done this unto the land and unto this house? And it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. And laid hold on other gods and worshipped them. Please in the line and laid hold to other gods and worshipped them. And served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Now does that sound familiar at all? Put a bracket around all of 22. All right? And it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. 
See, this nation needs to be very, very careful because bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, they are forsaking God. They're trying to get God out of the conversation. Trying to get God out of the, con- out of the uh, conversation. There was a, um, a restaurant that was uh, uh, giving 15% discount to anyone that was seen saying their grace. Okay? 15% discount, anyone who was seen blessing their food. Those rose up against them and said discrimination and blah, blah, blah. I'm not getting the 15%. Put so much pressure on the poor folks that finally they had to post a sign saying that under the threat of litigation and lawsuit, we will no longer have to, have to we will no longer be able to do that. You see? You see? And we know that the atheists um, are pushed to have a, 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 in the Supreme Court want the IRS now to look at all nonprofit church, especially churches, as, and to see what is being preached from the pulpit. To see if anything being preached from the pulpit is counter, actually, to the agenda. That's what it's all about, you see. So these things are real, folks. These things are very, very real. And I encourage Christians to read the news, follow the news, watch the news, because it gives you an idea of what direction that you need to be praying in. These things are real. They're no longer theoretical or something that the Bible talked about. They're happening in this day and age. And the things that may come to pass, it could be because, and it shall be answered, because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods. You know, they don't know other gods. Well, you say, well, Pastor Cobb, I don't see any idols on the street corners or I don't see a big thing over the White House or anything like that. The other gods that are being worshipped is being politically correct. Money is being worshipped. Um, anything else that is counter to God that is, that is important, these things are becoming more important than God. So it becomes an idol. Anything that we hold before God, hold up to be so important that God is secondary, it becomes an idol. So you need to be aware of the environment in which we are living here in the 21st century. Don't be up in your head up in the clouds someplace, just, you know, attending to everyday things and la di la di la I mean, it's nice to have fun and have a good time. No one is saying that because we, as children of God, um, we, we, we don't have to fear because we know that God is on our side and that God will even direct us and give us instructions should these things that are right now on foreign soil, those elements that are killing people, literally beheading people in the streets, all right, using American equipment, to bring about this terror, those people, should they wind up on this land, God will direct us. God will keep us safe. Amen. But if you don't know his voice, if you don't know his voice, if you don't know his voice, right, and he's talking to you, you won't know what to do. If you're steeped in sin, you can't hear him. Holy Spirit can't be ministering to you and directing you unless you've confessed your sin and cleansed yourself. Amen. So the, one of the things that we need to do in seeking God's face is, is especially during the time when we sin, either from commission or from omission. Amen. Amen. If we sin, we need to run to God. Do not run from God. You know. And I've actually heard some folks say over the years, you know, they've gotten to the point, and I had one brother that, that, spoken to, that had spoken to me, and he said, gee, I just I find it so hard to pray, you know. And this was a strong brother in the Lord, you know, and I just find it so hard to pray. I can't, I can't spend time with the Lord anymore. And after I talked with him more, he, he felt that because he had slipped and sinned that he couldn't go before God. And so he was, in essence, running away from him, okay? God loves you. God loves you, he loves you, he loves you in a way like you will never understand. Amen? So the time if you slip and you stumble, run to God. Don't run away from him. 
The other time that we need to to uh, uh, seek God's face is when we are feeling dry spiritually. Turn to Psalm 63. And while you're turning there, many times uh, you've heard me speak of that time, the times in your life when you, you, you don't quite know what's wrong. You just kind of feel, you just kind of feel, feel out of it, you know. And um, I, I, I've learned a long, a long, long time ago. I mean, I can remember even going back to my, to my teenage years um, before I really, really came to the Lord. I mean, you know, you know my story. I was raised in a, basically a Christian home and everything, mom and dad and so forth, and my brothers. Um, but I hadn't really committed myself strong to the Lord. I was too busy having a good time, you know, and partying and everything, and just being aloof where other things were not important. But even back in those days, I remember when I started having this feeling that just something wasn't right, you know, it's just kind of out of sorts, um, Things weren't. Either there was something happening with a family member, someone had passed, you know, things like that. So even then, Holy Spirit was calling and working on me in my life, even though I didn't realize it. So you need to be sensitive to those times where you are feeling that something just quite ain't right. You know, you go and you get a glass of water, cold glass of water, that doesn't help. You try a lemonade, that doesn't help. You know, you run down to McDonald's, that doesn't help. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> okay, after you've tried all the avenues of escape, you know, then maybe you start needing to say to yourself that maybe I need to seek God's face. But the point is, though, we need to get there before we start feeling like we ran out of McDonald's or whatever, that there's no other hope. Amen? So we need to, so this is when you are feeling spiritually dry. So Psalm 63 um, talks about thirsting for God. Okay? O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Please in the line, early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. Underline my soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Underline in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Please underline as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Okay? Now I love this psalm because many times when we are in church, I mean especially if you're in a good full gospel ministry, you know, and, and Holy Spirit is moving, you know, you see the Lord at work through the service, you can feel him, you can feel his presence, um, you can many times hear the flutter of angel wings, and don't think that I'm going off the deep end, but if you're really deep in worshiping God, many times you will hear that, okay, and so this is what I refer to as the sanctuary experience. And when you're in the sanctuary in a good full gospel ministry where that experience is going on and you feel the move of God and you feel the presence, well, guess what? That presence and that move of God, that experience should not end when the pastor says the final amen. And you walk out the door and you get into your car in the parking lot. That should not end. Amen. That same kind of experience should follow you into the day, should follow you into the week. Okay. But in order for you to feel that, you have to thirst after God. You have to make a conscious decision. The reason I had you underline the word will in voice number one is because that's a choice. It's a choice that you make. 
You choose to get up early, or early to seek his face, because your soul thirsts for him, and your flesh longs for him in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Okay? And we all know that when things are going wrong in our lives, oh my gosh, does it feel like we're in a desert? We feel like there is no hope. We feel like we need something to satisfy that need or to remove whatever that thing is. And you just feel like you're in a dry and thirsty land. Amen? When you are hopeless, it's the same thing as you're being in a desert without water. Okay? And for a child of God, there's nothing going wrong in your life that is hopeless. Nothing can go wrong in your life that would be without hope. Okay? But you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. We don't just seek God just when everything has gone wrong and you know, all heck is breaking loose. You need to seek God. You need to seek God on a regular basis. You have to get to the point that your soul thirsts after him. You know? I guarantee you, you know, if those forces that are over abroad in the Middle East showed up on the shores, if they come the southern route, we don't have too much to stop them. They're getting into Texas with no problem. <laughs> Okay, all right. So, so if they came into this country, you know, what kind of a dry and thirsty place would this be spiritually? Spiritually, okay, because Christianity will indeed be under the gun. All right, will be under the gun. So we need to get to the place where your soul is always thirsting after God, and where you choose, you know, to wake up early. You know, if you can wake up early to get that cup of coffee or to watch Fox News or whatever news that you are watching, you know, then you can also choose to get up early and spend some time with the Lord so that he can order your day. So he can tell you about the things to watch out for, the road bumps that would be in the road, the potholes that would be in the road, in the road. Okay. So it says there in verse number two again, to see your power. This is day to day, basically to see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Our, our experience with God is not just a sanctuary experience. It's supposed to extend into every moment of our lives. Verse number three. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. Underline will again. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will, underline will again, I will lift up my hands in thy name. You see? Don't you find it interesting that in so many places throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, it talks about the lifting and raising of hands? Okay? You know, I mean, this is a practice that, that has gone back, you know, from time immemorial, you know. And it's not only in Christianity, by the way, interesting enough. You'll find many of the other religions, when it comes down to, to, to worshiping God, or even if it's another deity other than God, there's always the thing of raising the hands, Okay? And the reason that is, is because a human being does that in submission. All right? All right? The prisoners of war, you know war, what's the first thing they do? They raise their hands in a, in, a, in, a, in a symbol of surrender, you see? So the Bible talks so much about the raising and lifting of hands, because when we are lifting and raising our hands to God, this is us submitting to God, you see? And I find so many times people that resist doing that. And as a new Christian, I mean, you know, it, it, I had to get there also, you know, because it, it, there's a pride thing. You feel uncomfortable. You know, you, you feel kind of silly standing with your arms up in the air, you know, until you really start getting caught up in the Holy Spirit and you're just really surrendering to God and you're praising Him and you're giving your all to God. You see, so this is what this is what this is getting at, you know, about lifting, lifting up your hands. It, it appears uh, uh, so much. Uh, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Okay. 
In running and seeking God, when things are going wrong in your life, you've got to praise Him with joy in your heart. You see? You see? And, and what we don't understand as Christians many times is people will say, well, how can I praise God when things are going so wrong? I find it so hard to praise God when things are going difficultly in, in my life, when, when, when I don't have any money, I don't have this, and I, and I found out this bad news. How can I praise God? Well, that is the time to praise God with joyful lips, because first of all, you praise God because you know that God's going to get you out of it. You praise God because He has adopted you into His family. You praise God because of who He is. We read the other chapters there where it talks about all that God did, what he told us, Solomon. God, there is none other beside him. You're one of his children. So you praise God because, you see, and, and what you need to, need to think about is, is that, boy, I mean, you know, did you ever watch a really bad movie and you're wondering how it's going to end? Okay, and you sit and you say, oh, gee, things are going, boy, I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. Well, when things are going so wrong in your life, you need to sit there and say, or on your knees say, boy, I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. Amen? Because you know that if God is in charge, it's going to turn out for your benefit. You see? So this is why we praise God. We don't look at the circumstances. We don't look at how things are going so awry. We praise God with our lips. Remember a few Sundays back we talked about sacrificial praise? All right? And the scriptures that talk about sacrificial praise, there's a song, we sing sacrifices of praise. Okay, it's when you praise God, when it, it, it takes all that you have to praise Him. Okay? All right? It's easy to praise God when things are going well. It's very easy. All right? but, but when things are not going well, you know, you, you, you praise Him. It says, my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. You know, and I, and I mean, if you're praising God, I, I don't see how you can be praising God with anything but joyful lips. Even though I have seen some pretty miserable faces over the years, and I don't understand how they do that. But I've seen some people praising, and maybe in their hearts, maybe there's some joy. But if you look at them, you think that it was a burden, you know. But if you're praising God about something good about to happen, you know, think about something that you were going to buy. You know, you ladies who had finally found those red shoes you were looking for for six months, you know, when you go pick them up at the store and they have, she's over here doing that, and you go to pick them up in the store, you know, you're, you're going there with joy, you know, you're going there with joy, with joy in your lips, you see? Well, so it is with God, knowing that things are going to work out okay, even though at the time you may be struggling, but knowing that should bring some joy to your heart. So as the scripture says, my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Again, this is seeking God, seeking God when you're in a a dry and a spiritually dry place. Verse number 6 says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Okay, that's another time where you should be thinking about God is when, you, when you're in bed at night. Think about God. Don't think about, about Monday morning or whatever day of the week it is that you've got to go face so-and-so and you're not looking forward to it. Or some event that's coming up that next day and you're, not, you're worried about it. You know, on your bed that night, pray about it. Think about God, knowing that he's going to bring you through whatever that is. What, literally, whatever that is. Amen? Number seven, because thou hast been my help, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. You see, there's your answer right there. Because you've been my help, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Eh? And the shadow of the wings, again, if you've seen a mother hen, you know, she keeps her chicks under, under her, the, her wings to, for protection. Well, we as children of God are also under God's wings for protection, you see. But you have to believe that and really believe it deep within your spirit. Verse number 8 says, My soul follows close behind thee. My right hand upholds me. Thy right hand upholds me. But 
those who seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. So anyone that is seeking to do you harm, they're not going to benefit from them from, from their seeking to do you harm. You know, they're going to wind up in harm's way themselves. They shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. So we see here what to do in, in 63, especially in the beginning there, when it says that my soul thirsts after God, after God. When you sense a distance between you and God, or if you feel dry spiritually, don't delay. Seek him early. Seek him early, you know. If you've got potted plants in the house and they haven't been watered, you start seeing the leaves wilting, right, turning brown, right? Do you delay and you say, okay, I'll wait two more weeks. Maybe they'll be better, you know. I'll let this go. Maybe they'll get better. No, you do something about it. You water them the same way. So when you are in a dry space spiritually, then you don't, you don't wait. You don't hesitate. You run and you get, go to the source of water immediately and seek the Lord's face so that, 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 helping to, uh, that, he, so that he, he can help you out of it. So the keys to, to keeping potted plants and our spiritual lives is, is uh, to tend to those things early. Don't wait. And the last one is when we are fearful. Okay? When we are fearful. Let's go to Psalm 34. Need to seek God's face when we're fearful. We know that the uh, devil uses fear in the most powerful way to keep us um, to keep us from doing God's work. Because if we if we if we're just wallowing in fear, we certainly many times cannot do God's work because we're so tied up in this fear thing, we can't even focus on what it is he wants us to do. So Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Okay, please underline that. Bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. All right? And, and again, this is getting to the power of praise, where we just don't praise God for the opening of the Sunday worship service, when we're all singing together, and we're here with raised hands, and you're praising God. You don't just praise God during that time. You praise God continually. You can praise God while you're driving your car. You can praise God while you're doing the dishes. Praise God when you're in the shower. I mean, you know, don't set aside, okay, well, now this is Sunday, 1030, and I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church today, so I'll praise God when I get to church, and I don't think about praising Him before or afterwards. Verse number two, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. All right? Magnify the Lord. Exalt his name. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me and delivered me from all my fears. Underline verse number four, please. I sought the Lord and he delivered me. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So if there is anything in your life that may be, be the source of fear, anything at all that you have, something that's pending, something coming up, something you have to do, be it taking an exam, uh, 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 going to the doctors, anything that's come that you have to do, amen, that your answer is indeed right there. 
magnify the Lord, exalt his name, and then you seek the Lord, and you know that he'll deliver, and you know that he's heard you, and therefore he'll deliver you from all your fears. They looked unto him, and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. Please in the line that the poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Okay? And saved him. So you see, so God is not there just for those who are well off or for those that are rich. It says there that anyone, I mean, the poor man cried out to the Lord and said that God heard him and saved him. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him and deliver him. Please underline around, underline those, um, those who fear him. The word fear here is not being afraid of God. This is talking about reverence. Okay, this is revering God. This is not being afraid of him like, you know, if he showed up in front of you, you're going to run out the room screaming. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is in, in, in reverence. Well, you know, you, 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 you'd be surprised. I spoke to someone about, about angels and how angels are around you and how they can, if God so wills, um, can actually be made visible and can be seen. And the poor person's eyes got bigger sauces than what, what? What, 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 what do you mean? They can be seen, you know, and actually got afraid of the, the prospect of, of seeing an angel or something, you know. And, and all throughout Scripture, again, when angels did appear, what did they say? Fear not. They always said fear not, you know. But, but many people, you'd be surprised how they have this fear of God. Um, that fear of God also, that kind of fear, can also extend in a way that it can hold us back. Being afraid of God or being afraid of the things of God will stop many people sometimes from, from really getting into a deep, deep spiritual relationship with God because they're afraid, like if God shows them too much or actually starts speaking to them, that it's going to be a scary thing, you know. And they, therefore, they, therefore they, uh, they stagnate their growth in Christ. Because they don't want to go to the next level, real deep spiritual relationship with God. Because they are afraid that they will see things, you know, like it's a twilight zone, outer limits experience, and so they fear him. We don't have that kind of fear of God. We revere him. We have a deep respect for God. So that is saying that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who reverence him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Underline, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Again, we're talking about here now the third time, the third time here, the, the three instances when you need to seek God. And this third one is fear. Okay? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no lack to them that fear him. Please underline, there is no lack to them that fear him. So if one of the things that has your day or your, your life that's in turmoil is because of financial issues and whatnot, if you, re- you revere the Lord, you respect the Lord, you revere him, that there is no lack for you, you know. Your condition is a temporary thing, you know. And many times we can get to the point where, you know, the Lord may get us or let us go into a position of being like that because all along the things that God has blessed us with, we have failed to give him the credit for blessing us. You know, for giving us that promotion, for giving us that job, for blessing us with that inheritance, for blessing us with whatever it is that, that, that yielded a sum of financial gain to you, we forget to honor God and bless God for that. Amen. So many times, there are times where God will permit you then to get in financial hardship because you need to remember that you've got to go back to God. He is the source. 
He's your source of everything that's in this life. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no lack to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Peace and lions shall not lack any good thing. Now, that any good thing does not limit itself to just money. You know, any good thing is health. Any good thing is prosperity. You, you can prosper in ways other than having finances. You can prosper when a relationship is going well. You can prosper when, you're, you, you, when your grades are going well. You can prosper when someone else in your family is doing well. Whatever those things in life that are good things happening to you, you are indeed prospering. You're prospering, okay? For they who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord or the reverence of the Lord. You know, just to go back to 10 for a minute, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You'd be surprised how many people go through a day, go through two days, go through three days a week, and don't seek the Lord. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It is so easy to get up in the morning, caught up in your schedule for that day. You know, you get out, you plant your feet on the floor, and you go into the shower and get dressed, and you go on about your day-to-day business. And at this pace that we live in today, it's just so hectic. You know, you start off at, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock, and then it's dinner time, and you sit down and watch a little TV, and you eat, and, and you fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> you know, you go to bed, and then it starts all over again, you know. And during that time... Have you had time to seek the Lord? Have you had time to spend time with God? You know? And then you wonder why things are not going right in your life. You wonder why there are challenges. You wonder why everything that you try to do winds up failing. You know? You wonder why just when you think you have it right, you realize that you don't have it right. You realize that you find out that what Johnny Jones over here told me, and it certainly seemed good at the time, when I acted on it, boy, oh boy, my whole life fell apart. Well, maybe instead of running to Johnny Jones, maybe you should have sought the Lord's face. Amen? Amen? So you'd be surprised how many times we can go through our lives and, and not even realize that we're not spending, spending time with him. You know? Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Um, verse number 12. What man is he who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Okay? We can't be deceitful. We can't be desiring to speak things that are, you know, tricking people or leading them astray. We need to be truthful. You know? There was actually a, um, a poll that was taken. I can't believe people were discussing it on the news. And it was about the percentage of people that tell white lies. And they were joking, and they were, you know, just chittering back and forth. Oh, well, yeah, you know, well, in God's world, there's no white lie. There's no degrees of lying, just like degrees of sin. There are no degrees of sin, unlike some people believe there are mortal sins and venial sins. No, no such thing, not in God's eyes. You know, a, a mortal sin, according, is those sins that are to death. A venial sin is something that, eh, not too bad, you know, come to me, and if I'm the priest, then I tell you, you did a venial sin, and for, for your, your penance, um, you walk out of here on your knees backwards, do that 80 times, do that every day for a month, and then you'll be okay. Okay, ah, sin is sin to God, okay? A lie is something that is not truth in God's mind, 
Okay? So a lot of something is not true. So keep your tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. You're trying to be deceptive. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open unto their cry. You see? So if you want God to hear your cries, then you need to make sure that you're living as righteously as you possibly can. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears. Please underline. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Underline all of that if you don't already have it underlined. The Lord is near unto those who are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Please put a bracket around all of that. It kind of goes to the thing that I was saying before, you know, about the praising and those who just want to be so resistant to God and just think that I don't need to do that. I can figure my way out or try to think that the things of science or the intellect will get me through this. You know, it is not until and trust me when I say this, because I've been there. No one loves science more than I and I still do. I mean, the, the heavens, astronomy, they still they just awe me, you know, but. One of the things that brought me so close to God was because I was trying to prove that science is science is science. Amen. And God will let you go along that place. And God has his hand set on you. He has his hand set on you. And sometimes God will just wait and see now how long is he going to be so stupid. Okay. Until the day came that I realized how stupid I was being. In understanding and realizing the truth of God. It's the smartest thing any human being can do, you see. And surrendering and realizing that, that I am not the end all things. I am not Mr. It Mr. Cool. I cannot navigate and figure my way through anything and everything. Or there's a, for every action, there's an opposite and equal action, you know, and trying to apply the physics to the things that were going wrong and haywire around me. It wasn't until I realized that God indeed was indeed the answer. And the simplicity of it all, the beauty of it all, made it to be wisdom beyond anyone could believe, you see. And if you can come to that point, you know, the broken heart and a contrite spirit, I had to get to the point that my spirit was contrite, that I realized that I can't do this. I am not Mr. Joe Cool. I cannot do this without God, you see, you see. But so many times, we Christians, though, we think that, oh, I can still do it. Even though we pray and we go through all the emotions, deep down in our heart of hearts, deep within our spirits, we think that we can still do it. Oh, we try and figure it out. We say that, oh, the reason that didn't happen for me was because um, the litmus test told me that I should have used, you know, hydrogen instead of something else. And they try and apply science to what was wrong in their lives. Okay? And not saying, gee whiz, God, I cannot do this. And all right, Lord, I'll raise my hands and I give up. I'll surrender. I can't do it. You see? And the thing about it is because part of that is so demonically driven because the devil is there whispering and whispering and whispering to that kind of person and saying, Ah, oh, you failed that one. Try one more time. <laughs> you know, oh, you failed that one. Try one more time. Oh, you're still right. Try one more time. And the person continually, the person continually decides to, to kind of put off God, even though they, they'll claim Christianity, they'll say, I love Jesus. And, and, and maybe they do, I'm not saying they don't, but the broken heart and the contrite spirit 
can be hindering God from, from helping them. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Verse 18. The Lord is near unto those who are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Okay? So if you want God to be near you, you've got to have a contrite spirit. Okay? You have to get off of that thing that I can do it myself, I am too proud, or whatever it is that is hindering you. Verse number 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Okay? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Please underline the last part of that. Okay? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen? Now, this is written in Psalms, Old Testament. Remember someone else said that? Much later on in New Testament? What did Jesus say? He said, you will have tribulations. Okay? So, while this is saying here that many, we will have many afflictions, but the Lord will deliver them out of us all. Deliver us out of them all. Okay? So, the other time, again, these three things, you know, is when we're, fearing, when we're feeling fearful, is that we have to remember that. That this thing, whatever it is that's happening in my life right now, you know, this thing that is an affliction. I mean, oh boy, oh boy, it's a doozy. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this one. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's an affliction. But it says, though, that first of all, God draws near to who? To those who are, are of a contrite spirit. All right, Lord, I'm a, I've got a contrite spirit. I need your help here. I'm, I'm relying on you here. Okay? I'm, rely, I'm relying on you. And then, okay, this is, a, this is an affliction. But I know that God is going to deliver me. You see? All right? The problem is with us many times... It is not sufficient, it is not enough for us to know or to say that, okay, God, I know you're going to deliver me. Um, can you tell me how? Can you tell me when? Okay? How's it going to appear? Okay? What's it going to feel like? Or what am I going to have to do to be delivered? Amen? So realize that as a child of God, and the enemy being out there who hates us all, we have all have big targets on our backs... Okay, that there will be afflictions. But God says, though, he'll deliver you. He doesn't say out of one. He says, well, you know, in 1965, I delivered you out of two. All right, this is the 21st century. You met your quota. So I'm not going to deliver you anymore. It says all. It says all. So it never stops. Okay? The same way afflictions in our lives do not stop until the time we go home with the Lord or if Jesus comes before, you will have afflictions, rest assured, okay? But rest also knowing that God will deliver you, whatever it will be, okay? And then in closing, in these last few verses, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken, okay? That's all of our bones, we, we will be kept intact. In Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. Please no line that. They that hate the righteous shall be desolate. These people out there that are coming against Christians, they don't know what they're doing. They do not know what they're doing. Okay? Last verse here. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of them who trust in him shall be desolate. Please don't line that. None of them who trust in him shall be desolate. Okay? So we see then the three, three key times that we need to, to really seek God's face is, one, when we have sinned, 
The other key time is, our, um, is when we are feeling spiritually dry. And then the last one is when we're in fear. Okay? I mean, we, we can seek God at all times and everything like that. But again, what the, the, the purpose here of this message and the focus here is that, you know, we oftentimes seek God for so many things. We, we seek Him just when we, when we are in prayer for something. You know, we want those shoes, we want that new iPad or something, and we're praying about it, okay? But we need to get in the habit, though, of seeking God. You're feeling spiritually dry? Seek Him. You committed sin? Sin of commission or omission? Seek Him. You got fear in your life going on? There's some affliction that's there? Seek Him. Amen? Seek Him, seek Him, seek Him. And remember, having a contrite spirit is what makes God draw near to you. All right? You can't go worshiping God and be all puffed up in pride and thinking that, or, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm going to get through this again. It, it, it doesn't work like that. It's not until you can really say deep within your spirit that I can't do this, Lord. You take it where it will, where you can. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a uh, blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Thank you. God bless.